Chapter 1. It's the Final Countdown. June 2nd, 1998. Pocket High School, Atlanta, Georgia, 2.59 p.m. The countdown began five minutes ago. Everyone, including me, watched the last 15 seconds before the bell like we'd taken a hit of ecstasy. No one paid attention to the math teacher, Mr. Holdenfield's ex explanation of next year's syllabus. My mind danced with the visions of homework-free weekdays and no gray meat, and no gray meat not fit for dog food. Moreover, the crass boys and the bitchy girls wouldn't get to taunt me for two whole months. Because of my living situation, I planned to haunt the community pool and library with, with my friends. A well-constructed paper airplane landed on my desk. Due to my position in the front row, my eyes were automatically drawn to the back. There was no eye contact from anyone as they packed their books and haphazard notebooks, readying to leave. Upon opening the paper, I glared at the Have a Great Summer, Pute Girl, written in purple ink with a little stick figure with five legs. Gritting my teeth, I glared at Brittany. She waved. Brittany Beesh. I rolled my eyes, itching to turn and throw the crumpled ball at her big bobbled head. She was one to talk with a name like that and a reputation like hers. My unfortunate cloying nickname, Puke Girl, before, because before a performance, I puke. It's a quirk, I know. It was unavoidable because performing was my passion. Drama nerd. I tried out for most roles. The drama coach had a thing for Shakespeare, but also Broadway musicals. I practiced relentlessly and threw myself into every performance. The bell clanged, and I followed my raging classmates through the paper-strewn halls. Almost as if the students had dumped their lockers on the floor. As I maintained my frozen smile, it appeared a hundred people wished me a wonderful summer. To expedite the situation, I could have just branded the word thank you on my forehead. I was popular from the plays, no other reason. As soon as I got to my locker, I opened it. After stuffing my junk into it, I picked up my purse. Tay! Upon turning, I saw Ginny Hall coming towards me. Beautiful, tall, blonde, and a bit of a hippie, Ginny was a genuine sweetheart. In addition to the flower headband, she wore some groovy bell-bottoms. Jen had always had a kind word to say, even to Brittany. Hey, Jen. We hugged. Love the jeans. On my last birthday, my grandma bought me some acid-washed jeans. I glanced down at them. I paired it with a white off-the-shoulders top with a kiss mark on the front. I found it at a thrift store when my mom bought me clothes, which was a rare opportunity. Normally, she bought my, my things from one, but Robbie always got his clothes from Kmart. Totally new. Heard about Brian. New Hampshire, right? Bummer. Jenny scrunched up her face. I could only nod. It still hurt. 
Brian Franklin was my crush from drama. He was Romeo to my Juliet in the end of the year play. He was blonde with dreamy green eyes and dimples. Nuff said. Hey, I heard he was into you the whole time, slut. Jen elbowed me. I giggled and my cheeks warmed. Then I glanced around to make sure no one heard her. So I agree, Hamilton High School won't work for you. You need to think bigger. She motioned bigger with her hands, smiling at me. We did that for a few seconds. Jen was a bit of a ditz. Well, I exclaimed. Oh, right. The Belmont School of the Arts. What? It's this rad school that has dance, music, and drama. You should try out. It's happening the 14th through the 18th. I shrugged. It wouldn't hurt to try. She slapped me on the shoulder. Yeah, girl, you got talent. Are you doing something awesome for your birthday? In an alternate reality, I would be having a theme party with my friends and loads of gifts. However, in this one, Robbie would be at the arcade and Imogene, my mother, would leave for the day. No doubt I'd be watching VHS tapes and eating snacks I bought. Instead, I said, oh yeah, I'm going to my grandma Dora's after I have a party with my family. I forced my cheeks to rise. Gnarly. Well, I got a jet. I'm going roller skating. She walked off, but she turned around and yelled, keeping my fingers crossed for you. I waved at her. Would Imogene allow me to go? Could I get a position in the school? Would I be closer to my dream? I still believed in Madison Square. Then she'd see I was special, more so than boring Robbie. I slung my purse on my shoulder and headed to the front doors. 6.30 p.m., Imogene's house. Say, Marie, dinner, Robbie yelled. I trudged down the stairs but paused mid-step. The spicy, sweet aroma wafted by my nose. The rush down was a blur. Imogene made chicken and waffles. I swear I could have died when I rounded the corner into the dining room. My stomach growled when I sat across from my mom and Robbie. Imogene passed the plate brimming with golden pieces of chicken. She was a decent cook, always using the perfect blend of spices. My mouth began watering. I speared a juicy half of breast. Now you know, Imogene started saying. She flipped those eerily cold brown eyes at me. I paused. My delirium of sinking my teeth into that chicken made me forget the rule my mom implemented when Robbie was 10 and I was 9. White meat was for Robbie and her. She's such a petty bitch. Yes, ma'am. I forked two legs and one thigh instead. Chokes on you, Imogene. Dark meat is better. Keep your dry breast meat. I helped myself to two buttermilk waffles and poured a healthy amount of butter-flavored syrup on them. And then I dug in. Your brother made all A's again. What did you make, Imogene said with pride. I'd been shoveling food in my mouth with gusto, but I chewed and swallowed before answering her. Damn it, she's going to blow her stack. Well, I got A's and one B. B and what? English. Robbie eyed me before he laughed, the chewed food visible. I wish he'd choke.
then like clockwork, my mother joined in his guffawing. I straightened in my chair, exhaling. It took them forever to do it this time. Don't you speak English, idiot? Robbie asked. Why'd you get a B? Imogene asked. Well, the extra classes had a lot of homework. I took two tests marked below an A. But I took the courses like you wanted and, and nothing. Your brother had no problem taking his courses. I know what it is. It's that writing you're doing for the newspaper. If she denies me this, I swear I'll run away. Don't everybody already know what happens in the school? Anyway? They go there, Robbie said. You should talk, Brainiac. I cut my eyes at him automatically. The humor drained from his face and he resumed stuffing his gob. My mother glanced from him to me and she started eating too. Good, no argument tonight. Maybe I could get to my room if I did the dishes quick enough. That was my duty and I couldn't argue. I was Cinderella pre-Prince. I was Cinderella pre-Prince except the sisters I had Except for sisters, I had an idiot older brother. Thinking about Imogene, it was a wonder I even came from her womb. What was it about me that would cause her to virtually hate me so much? The only thing I could think of was my face, the one that reminded her of the man she lost. After dinner, I cleared the plates and washed the dishes. Because of the fried chicken, the stove was extra dirty. I poured the used grease into the grease cup. My last task was to sweep the floor. As I turned to hurry up the stairs, I ran into Emma Jean. She glared at me like I'd stolen her man. Damn, here we go. Yes, ma'am? I see anything else below a minus next year and you're quitting that paper. Do you understand me, Tamarie? Yes, ma'am. That chance does happen, Emma Jean. I sidestepped her without another word and headed straight up the stairs. After I showered quickly, I could hear my brother stomping up the stairs. Hmm, street lights must be on. I lay in my bed in the dark, staring at the moon and the cloudless sky. I hate them both. If Daddy was here, he'd love me. But I don't blame him. I would have left her too.